What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Infocast and sign up for our newsletter at SIDcast.fireside.com. .fm slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. of SIDcast. My name is David Gibson. Uh, do as the intro has said, sign up for our newsletter. We are getting close to that time of the year where we will have our um, like Hall of Fame balance going out for episode of the year uh, at different divisions, different levels. Um, a couple different awards we've got this year. Um, maybe one or two, I'm thinking. I've got one definitely in the back of my mind. Uh, one that you can't vote on because it's statistical. It's basically like, I think it's going to be like uh, most plays in the year. I think, and, and there's a there is an episode that's got a wide margin, so um, we will do that, and then that's the only way you can participate. And it's officially August, and this is the time of the year, the months it's August and September, where I really start promoting this. Um, where later, I mean, we've got our huddlers. Our huddlers will be a part of this process. Um, later, you guys will get to vote on. Uh, who you think is the best, what episode you thought was the best, um, what episode you got the most out of, uh, things like that nature. So um, I will keep this brief because we got a lot of stuff to do. Tomorrow, actually today, uh, is um, football report day. So I got to be up really early for that uh, over at uh, Memorial Stadium. I'm going to wake up at the butt crack of dawn. I'm going to walk over there. So we'll see how it goes. Um, that's my first ever football report day. Really excited. Also, don't know what I'm doing uh, in general and what's going to happen. So, yeah, we'll just we'll just go with the flow. How does that sound? Um, today, Dave Albrecht is a trooper. So go over to Twitter, please, everybody. I want to see this at Winona underscore SI Dave and tell him how much of a trooper he was. I asked Dave to come on the show back in, I think it was like the first week of May. And whatever was going on, we couldn't line it up. He was in going on vacation. He was at Cosida. I didn't go. I uh, took some time off for that. And then um, X, Y, and Z happened. And all of a sudden, we weren't able to record until last week. So uh, Dave is a, a real trooper. I think our email thread is about the longest I've ever had with somebody. Uh, just trying to get something to work. Uh, he'll go through the kind of trials and tribulations that you or maybe someone that you know right now might be going through as far as uh, job search process is concerned. Uh, Dave actually spent a lot of time in the minor league ranks, uh, MLB ranks, just bouncing around from internship to internship from all over, all across the country uh, before he finally landed at where he was at Midland, which is where some of you might uh, know his name from at the NAI level, uh, then moving to Winona. Uh, we'll also talk about something I think is very important when knowing to ask for help, um, communicating with your GAs, uh, keeping that relationship with your GAs and how important they are um, to you, to the office, and really to the department as a whole. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the synopsis of this episode. We will 
Uh, obviously, be cranking out through August. I know that tonight is also the was that the Hall of Fame game for uh, NFL football between the Falcons and Broncos. Really, really excited. Finally, it's been very, very painful this offseason. It felt like uh, just to get football back in some form. Haven't really been able to watch Canadian football either. Uh, I don't know for one reason or another, but uh, I usually try and just get something in my veins. It's like my drug. So this time of the year, always happy for me. I'm sure it's happy for a lot of you. If you ask me this in probably November, if I still love football or not, well, it might be a different question or a different answer rather. Um, but for right now, we're in love and of course, love our job and everything. So uh, we will start off episode number 130 of SID Cast with Dave Albrecht of the Winona State Trojans. Don't know if I'm saying Winona right. I think it's Winona. Now that I think about it, maybe. I don't know. Don't kill me if it's if it's not that way. But uh, we'll start off with this very first day of sports information right here on SID Cast. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess growing up, if I go way back in the way back machine, um, I was always a baseball guy. That was my passion. I loved it. So, you know, I obviously played that as a kid, played it through high school, and then I went to a D3 school called Illinois College, Jacksonville, Illinois, um, with the sole intent when I was looking at colleges to where can I go play baseball? So I I don't know that I did the college search process right off the bat, um, but that's all I cared about. That's what I wanted to do. So, I mean, that was my thing. And, you know, I I stayed at Illinois College for a year. And it just wasn't the college experience I had hoped for. I said it was a D3. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of a commuter college. Um, and three of my best friends uh, growing up and through high school uh, were at Eastern Illinois. So I made the decision to transfer there as a sophomore, um, realizing that I was never going to play Major League Baseball and that I could probably give it up at some point. <laughs> and... Uh, so I went to, uh, went to Eastern Illinois, and I was originally an education major because I really didn't know what I wanted to do either. <laughs> Again, I was I was just that young kid who wanted to play baseball, didn't know what he wanted to do other right. than that. So, so the plan was education major, and I was always an English guy, so I was a good writer. Okay, well, I can be a high school English teacher and coach baseball. And so I was happy with that decision at that point, and about half, probably first semester in uh, Eastern, after I had taken some education classes prior to that, I decided that really wasn't my world. Um, so I decided, okay, let's go sport management because sports and that's right. all I, that's all my 20 yeah. <laughs> year old brain could conjure up, I guess. So uh, through uh, Eastern, you know, doing the sport management, I had also taken, you know, so many English classes my first year, I think really it was, that my advisor suggested I get a professional writing minor. And um, that is what really got me into um, sports information. I had to do an internship uh, in my senior senior year to finish that minor up. And uh, one of my English teachers, she was just great. I got 
I got lucky and she said, well, we have this, you know, there's a communications office in in athletics, which I guess I was too naive to realize. And she sent me over there and I got connected with Rich Moser, who is still at Eastern Illinois. And, uh, you know, I, I did my internship with him. Uh, he kind of let me run free kind of after I got in there, which was awesome. I started out, I think, doing just spotting on stat crew for men's and women's basketball. And then when tr- indoor track rolled around, he kind of had me be the guy for that. He let me write the stories and kind of be there and cover the events. And um, well, I knew that was a thing, a profession at that point, I guess, um, which I hadn't pre- previously known because I didn't know what on earth I was going to do with my board management degree and professional writing minor. Yeah. Yeah. I was a senior in college and going into my second semester. So that, that was kind of a godsend. And, uh, you know, so I, I wrapped up, graduated, um, got an internship to finish my sport management degree, uh, at ESPN Chicago, the radio station. Um, I'm from the Chicago area originally. I'm from the South side. So, you know, I thought ESPN, this is awesome. Chicago. Great. Um, and I finished that up and, and at that point too, my, my goal was still baseball oriented. I thought I wanted to work in minor league professional baseball, doing media, public relations, what have you. There's, you know, all those jobs there. Um, and then I got, you know, finished up my degree and there was an upstart independent league team called the Lake County Fielders. Uh, they were in Northern Illinois and Zion, Illinois. Um, so that was a little bit of a haul for me living at my parents' house, obviously still at that point. Um, but it was awesome. I mean, they were a brand new team and they hired me as an intern and, you know, their next, that was, you know, the fall before their, their inaugural season. So again, in my brain being naive, thought, you know, I'm pretty much already landed my dream job. I'm, I'm working in baseball. I got in on the ground floor first season. You know, I'm going to be running things here in 10 years. And uh, that dream job went a little south. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Lake County Fielders. Uh, It's ringing a bell a little bit. I've dealt with some independent league teams here before. Okay. Uh, Well, they no longer exist. Um, (laughs) And after about, I think, a year and a half is when they ceased to exist. Um. But I gracefully made my exit from there um, after they started missing some uh, payroll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so you know, after that, you know, I, I left there and kind of bounced around, did some odd jobs. I substitute taught uh, for a little bit, and uh, I worked at Target for a few months and just trying to kind of spin my wheels and think, you know, how do I get back into baseball, sports? what have you. And, um, I went down to the major league, basically the, the winter meetings that they hold every off season mm-hmm. and they have a job fair at that. Um, and I was able again, lucky enough to get an internship with the Iowa Cubs. And that was really my first, I guess, full on media public relations job, um, in, in sports and in baseball, at, at the Lee County Fielders, obviously, the staff was a lot smaller, and you know I did a lot more sales and marketing. Yeah, you kind of do everything. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so the iCubs, uh, it was full on media relations, and and uh, then again, like so, I get there, and and I think to myself because what I had when I had started, I there was a media relations manager there, and she actually quit about a week before I started. Oh, so, okay. so, the, so then I'm thinking to myself, well, Hey, you know, I do, I do a bang up job here. They're going to hire me. And, uh, and that was, when was that down there? 2011, I believe it was. Yeah. 2011. So obviously, you know, economy was still a little shaky then, uh, people weren't really hiring, weren't you know, adding jobs this, that, and the other. And, Essentially, when they got through the process, my supervisor at that point told me, you know, hey, we're going to try to hire you full time, but we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So I uh, I don't think this was a cocky move by any means. I just kind of I thought, well, hey, you know, my boss liked me. I, I liked it here. So I moved out of my apartment. I left my stuff in storage in Des Moines and, you know, I went home in September, October whatever it was, uh, thinking, you know, I'm just going to wait for a phone call and I'll move back. Yeah. And yeah. I know this is going. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was actually in, in Florida on vacation with a friend and, uh, Flor- Florida is kind of my go-to. I don't know if that'll be recurring here or not when we're talking, but, uh, I'm a big, okay. I, I love, I love Florida. <laughs> um, it's my vacation spot where I, where I would not mind living at some point in the near future. But, mm-hmm. um, so I was on vacation and the iCubs call and say, you know, we're sorry, but basically management decided, well, we got through the year using interns. We're just going to keep rolling with that and save the money. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm kind of back at square one again and uh-huh. I'm on vacation with my buddy and I'm like, well, let's scoot around in Florida. We were in, uh, we were in Fort Myers I was like, let's swing by the miracle. Let's see what teams are down here. So I just kind of started calling teams and seeing if they needed somebody, this, that, the other. And um, I put in an application at that time, too, with the Jupiter Hammerheads. And, you know, that board, I got hired there as an intern. So, you know, I'm on internship number three. And I'm starting to think, well, is this ever going to stick? Is this ever going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but Jupiter was great. It was, it was absolutely awesome. That's kind of where I reaffirmed that I wanted to get back down there and and live there at some point, but it was, it was an awesome experience because their facility was, it hosted the Marlins and the Cardinals during spring training. And then during minor league season, it was the Jupiter Hammerheads and the Palm Beach Cardinals and, um, there was two interns, so I got split onto the Jupiter side, and then the other guy was the Palm Beach Cardinals kind of media relations uh, term, even though we were interns. And and that was awesome because the uh, the Jupiter team was absolutely loaded. They had uh, Christian Yelich was down there, Marcelo Zuna, Jose Fernandez, um, Stanton came down there, rehabbed at one point, and. Yeah. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. We made it to like the Florida State League Championship. Um, lost in the last game, but great, great experience. Um, and, and it was cool too because that was the year that the Marlins had rebranded and signed all those guys. The the Cardinals 
off the series championship. So the, the spring training aspect of it was awesome too. And I got to meet a lot of major league contacts and, you know, all that jazz. Um, and then at the end of the year, they actually hosted the, uh, the world baseball classic qualifier. And it was the first year they did a qualifying round. Mm-hmm. So that was at the Jupiter facility that I got to help run with, you know, major league baseball officials and their staff. Um, so I knew that one wasn't really a shot at a full-time job because I saw that they cycled through interns, but you know, yeah. great, great experience. And I figured, all right, you know, number three here, I'll, I'll probably get something here in the off season. And uh, unfortunately nothing full-time came around. Um, I was back home. I was working at like a bank downtown doing like, Loan, so helping with like loans. I, I could, if I'm being completely honest, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I just I had a job that somebody from Jupiter hooked me up with uh, uh-huh. that that paid that paid well, and I t- tried to keep my head low and do whatever they asked me to, and stare at the clock while the day went by before anyone knew I didn't belong there. Um, I want to ask you a couple of things before we move on. How do you got into, I know you were at Midland. I think that's where some people might know you from the NAI level. Um, how did yeah, it feel yep. for you to kind of, we've asked this question before and I mean, I'm even in this position because at nights I drive for Uber Eats uh, just to make, okay. just to make some cash. You know what I mean? So how did it feel for yeah. you to kind of have to go off a sport a little bit and just do whatever you could to, to get by basically? how did that feel? Yeah, no, it, it certainly had, there were some tough times. Um, there were plenty of times where I thought to myself, this is ever going to happen. And I need to really think about something outside of sports. Um, I, I guess I was, I was very, very lucky that my parents were so supportive of me. And my mom is someone who loves her job. So she always had that push back at me to, find something I love. Right. My dad kind of worked, worked a job where it was working because he had to for the family more so. Um, so I'm, I'm super blessed that my mom instilled that in me and she kind of kept pushing me and told me, you know, it's okay that you don't have money. It's okay that you don't have a full-time job. Um, if it's something that you're good at and you keep working at, it will happen. So yeah, no, it, it was tough. And I, I try to tell people, that intern for me or that GA for me, I say, you know, it's, it's not a guarantee when you walk out this door, something's going to happen right away. Right. But if it's something you really want to do, you got to keep grinding at it. Awesome. Uh, so you did all these minor league jobs. You, you did everything. You kind of yeah. did your time, uh, paid your dues a little bit, did some odd jobs. And now it's time you found a little spot in Nebraska. Uh, how yep. did that come about? Uh, had you ever been to Nebraska before? Any culture shock for you at any of that level? Um, yeah, no, not at all as far as have I been there before. Um, uh, so when I had gone back home, my final stop, I guess, was I, I got hooked up with the White Sox. Again, another internship. Mm-hmm. But I'm back in a big city. I'm living at home. What have you? I'm like, okay, this is fine. Maybe I'll give up after this. But, you know, again, so still plug away. But, yeah, the, the Midland job got posted. And, and I guess I should backtrack a little. I think around Jupiter and then certainly when I was in Chicago with the White Sox is when I, I told myself, well, let's start exploring these SID jobs a little more. What made because you, I kinda was, what made you think that? Well, I, I think I just came to the realization that I kept spinning my wheels in professional baseball uh-huh. 
and that there were so few jobs, especially in the area that I wanted to work in. Yeah, big time, big time. And I just, I just came to the realization that, you know, I need to expand my, my view here a little bit. And, and I, I don't know if there was a day, but I finally had the epiphany of, well, hey, you had this job at Eastern Illinois that was in sports. You enjoyed doing it. I really got to start applying to more of these. So, yeah, during that White Sox year, I know I really, really hammered applications for SID jobs. And, uh, and yeah, the, the, the Nebraska Midland uh, in Fremont, Nebraska, came a-calling. And um, uh, I think I lied. I'd been there once. I went to the College World Series once when I was living in Des Moines. I don't think yeah. that counts. So, <laughs> No, no. <laughs> You're right. Um, so, no, I uh, – I took that job. I want to say I took the the Midland job sight unseen. Um, on campus, ever going to Fremont. Um, I don't think I ever did. I had a couple phone interviews and a Skype interview, and they offered, and uh, and I packed my bags, grateful for a full time job, more or less. So um, you get there, and it's kind of your first day you've been working with the media relations and everything for basically one sport, but yeah, it was, it was major league, minor league, what have you. Um, what was your first initial thought when you sat down? I mean, in, in that first year, were there any things that you didn't really expect? Um, whew, yeah, probably a lot of things. Um, I, I didn't even start like August one. I started, I think the middle of September, maybe push in October. And our volleyball team was on their way to go to nationals. Our men's soccer team was on the way to go to nationals. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get there. And thankfully, the person who had been like kind of interim working knew how to do volleyball stats, because if they would have thrown me in front of that on my first day, I my head would have exploded. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the running the stat programs and, uh, you know, just just the daily – I guess demand from coaches of, well, you know, we need this story for this sport, this story for this sport. Um, more so, I guess the demand of nonstop, well, there's so many different sports and things going on and moving pieces. Whereas like you said, I was a one, one day, one, one sport. Okay. They played a game today. Let's do what we got to do. We'll go to the next day. That that's certainly. And at Midland, when I started there, they had 25 yeah. sports. Um, which, which grew to 31 by the time I left. And now I think they're at 33. Um, so yeah, I mean, having, having things like competitive cheer and dance and, you know, we had a shotgun sports team and, you know, I, I sat down with the shotgun sports guy. I said, well, what is it that I need to do here? Like, you know, I don't know what to write about. You guys are shooting play. What's going on? So it, it took a lot of, you know, uh, conversations and getting to know people uh, as far as coaches, uh, there are, I guess, expectations, but a lot of just learning too that uh, I had never been around even lacrosse that we had. So you get to Midland, you kind of get through that experience. Um, and, and you had to sit down with some of these sports. You had to, to learn them. Like you said, shotgun, you didn't know if they were shooting targets or shooting yeah. each other, you know, like <laughs> just kind of like figure out these things. Um, so what would you say to some other SIDs out there who might be jumping into this sort of department out there <laughs> as we start going through some new jobs and new people and everything um, that are just vast and 
now they might be the only person. I mean, you did it kind of, you went from one sport, like I had mentioned, to 25, eventually 31, technically 33. So, I mean, what was the adjustment like? And how would you kind of suggest other SIDs to uh, make a comfortable adjustment for them? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say don't be afraid to ask those simple questions. If you think they're dumb questions, what, whatever the case may be, because it's really about building relationships with those coaches. I mean, that's so important when you get on campus to, to meet everybody and to ask, I mean, you know, what did the guy before me, the guy or gal do before me? Um, what did they do? Well, what didn't they do well that you'd like for our department to do better for you? Um, yeah. And like I said, asking the questions to a sport that you have no, no knowledge of, um, how do you guys score points? What, what do you do here? Um, yeah, I don't think you, I, you can't be afraid to ask those questions because yeah, any job that you take in this field or, you know, probably in life in general, there's going to be things you don't know, even though you're very qualified and you're, you were the person they picked, they hired, um, there's going to be things you don't know. So you, you can't be afraid to ask any and all questions that ever kind of pop into your brain. Um, and like I said, I guess the, the relationship piece of it is just so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, not only you get to know them, but they get to know you and they get to know, you know, the demands that you have, because, you know, even here at, at my current job, I, I've had, I guess, more so last summer, but I've kind of I've run into coaches and they kind of ask, well, what are you doing here? Aren't you off in the summer? Um, yeah, no. <laughs> so just so they they understand your demands and the things that you're doing at all times so they can have a better feel of, well, oh, there's a reason that it took an hour for you to get the story up. You were at some other event or you were doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to kind of go back to something you said a little bit earlier about um, talking to your GAs, talking to your interns, maybe some student assistants that you have to kind of guide them a little bit. Um, a lot of people are going to be a opening up their GA spot soon. I would hope kind of late in the game for that or B might have their first GA or maybe they're getting a lot more health this year. I mean, how do you kind of mentor these students um, to kind of get them ready for what could really be a gauntlet of the sport industry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, again, I guess going back to Midland, you know, I when I started there, there was a GA in place. Um, obviously, the school year was going on already. So, I mean, I relied on him so heavily to kind of keep get me up to speed. Um, I, you know, I had to, like, not re-interview him, not like I was going to get rid of him by any means because he was awesome, but mm-hmm. figure out what he was good at, um, what I could learn from him. Um, and. And I guess that's something I do with my GAs still when I, after I hire them, I kind of, when they get on campus, go through the interviewing process of sorts just to understand their strengths, their weaknesses, what they want to learn. Um, because I, that's, that's the biggest thing is obviously coming away, learning something that you didn't when you got there. That's the most important thing so that they can go on and, and get a job and do what it is that they want to do in their career. So um, I'm someone who I, I consider my GAs, you know, to be full-time staff for me. Obviously, they worked full-time hours, but I think some people look at that GA title as, you know, intern, whatever, what have you, that it's not, yeah. as, important, that it's not as important. But, I mean, I could not do my job without GAs. So I, I just try to stress to them 
when they get there, but throughout those gauntlets, like you said, of how important they are and how much I appreciate them because I wouldn't be here at Winona today without the intern, the GAs that I had at Midland. I mean, they did some such great things for me. Um, so uh, I always, I try to stay in contact with them after the fact, um, whether it be personal or professionally, if I'm helping them do something else in their career. But I, I just, I've been really lucky there too, where I've had great GAs uh, throughout my time in college athletics. Uh, let's move on a little bit to where you're at now. You kind of alluded to it a few times. Uh, you spent some time in the NAI at Midland, and then now it was time to move on for you. I mean, what was that kind of signal like in your mind? Uh, and what was the job process like in the transition to Winona? Yeah, um, it was kind of another quick scramble for me, honestly. Um, so I, had, I was at Midland for four years, and I, I did start to look um, – my last year or so there. And I was very open with my AD about it because again, the amount of sports they had there. And I got, I got to a point where I had three GAs again, all awesome helped me with the work life balance, helped me with all the the workload. But I guess I could see the writing on the wall a little bit that I don't know that this is somewhere that anyone, not just me could stay for 20 years. I think it was an awesome entry, entry spot. Um, and help me grow, help me figure out the business, really. Um, so um, I guess fast-forwarding to Winona, um, our men's basketball coach from Midland uh, was and still is here at Winona State. Uh, they had someone leave here at Winona um, pretty last minute. Um, and so I know they were scrambling. And I think the head men's basketball coach – poked his head in the AD's office and said, hey, you know, my guy David Midland was good. Maybe maybe he's ready for a change. And so I got that call. I got I got probably mid to mid to late July from the AD. The basketball coach actually texted me and said, hey, are you ready to leave Fremont yet? And I think, <laughs> I, gave, I, think I gave him some sort of snarky response that alluded to yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, – yeah, maybe the next day the AD uh, here at Winona State called me and we talked a couple of times. And I'll be honest, he kind of sold me on the place. I, it wasn't more much of an interview as him trying to convince me that it was a good move and a good good next step. Um, and, and I agreed with him. Like I said, I kind of, as a baseball guy, I almost felt like it was a promotion from, you know, single A to double A or what have you, just, you know, that next step up college-wise. And, uh, and another thing that was – important to me which I guess I didn't think it was as important at the time was they were gonna pay for me to get my master's done here wow okay so that was a good sell and yeah just just kind of the pieces fell into place uh I did actually come up here to Winona and and look around before I before I gave them a hard yes but, um it, it just seemed like the right time in general the, the month wasn't great but as far as uh, how long I had been doing what I was doing it seemed like like a good time. So, uh, so I started here, Oh, second week of August. So they were about 10 days away from their first home football game here. Oh yeah. Good. (laughs) Yeah. So, so it was certainly another scramble. Uh, thankfully my GA here had gotten in maybe a week before. So he had a week head start, but he was brand new too. 
So, I mean, the two of us just kind of sat down, hammered through, I guess, some of the remaining preseason, you know, football, volleyball stuff, and just dove right in. So, so that first year really flew by because I didn't have much of a intro period at all. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you something because a lot of people gripe about this, they complain about this, um, not having the help. And you kind of talked a little, a little bit about it earlier where you said that, you told the AD at Midland, hey, this is a great spot, but it, there's a lot to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 33 yeah. sports is it, it's, it's quite a bit. So how did he take that, and how do you think um, SADs should kind of – I don't know this is kind of a tough question to answer, but kind of go about talking to their ADs, maybe saying, hey, I'm overworked, or maybe, hey, I could really use some help here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, when I started at Midland, it was just one GA. And I got to a point where we had three because it was open and honest. I had really, I had a, an AD who listened to me and I did, I talked to him about the workload and the, the expectations of those coaches who I got to know. And um, I was able to sell that to him as, you know, we need more help in here if we want to function and we want to have this place be a sell to student athletes, because that's obviously a big part of our job is the things we do are seen by prospective student athletes. So I said, you know, just was open and honest and told him I can't do all these things without more help. Yeah. Um, so, and then to be really honest with you, that's a conversation I plan on having here in the next probably six months because we just installed a, uh, a really nice, really big uh, Dactronics board out at our football soccer stadium. And, uh, I mean, we didn't add any staff to, to make that thing go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, so I, I, my hope is to get through this season and see where we're at and see what really sticking points we have. And maybe hopefully get to a point where I can have a GA who's kind of like a video production guy. And that's his his video board, but I've been doing obviously video production for other sports, other teams and things like that. So, um, and I guess as far as the, you know, kind of asked about the, the situation, of telling my AD, you know, I'm overworked too, is uh, that was something that I guess, again, that I got lucky that he was a good guy. He had some, he had been someone who was around and, and been to a lot of places. And he, anytime I sort of thought about a job, I, I was really pretty honest with him and said, Hey, you know, here's what I'm looking at. And here's why, like there were a few times there was jobs in Chicago. I said, you know, it would be nice to go back home. It would be nice to do this. Um, so again, he was somebody who was really understanding of that. He had kind of told me early on that again, he saw Midland and this isn't a knock on it at all. It was a great place as kind of a, uh, jumping off point, not only for me, but for some of our coaches who we had a lot of young coaches. He said, I don't expect people to be here for 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I like that, that he was kind of, I know that it's not going to be that way everywhere. You know what I mean? But it was oh. nice to just open up that dialogue to begin with. And I think that's something mm-hmm. a lot of people should do. Um, you mentioned something. Yeah, and it's not always easy, obviously. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned something earlier that uh, I thought was really intriguing. Uh, you're getting your master's degree. And every GA and every maybe even intern now, I mean, I was a GA for a year. Um, it's a little bit different when you're the head guy and you're doing full time and trying to do course load, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um if nothing else, it's made me appreciate so much more um, 
what my GAs have to go through because of, again, my demands and expectations on them when it comes to work and sports information, but then their, their demand of having to finish a master's degree in two years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not easy at all. And it's opened my eyes to that. And admittedly it's, I didn't start my very first semester. You know, I came in late, um, but I did start that second semester. And I mean, it's going to end up taking me two and a half years to finish it. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't have finished it in two years. Um, so it, it is very difficult. I, I only take one class in the fall because uh, our fall is the busiest here. And uh, I take, I take more in the spring and then I, I'm able to take summer classes. Obviously. So, yeah, it, it's opened my eyes immensely to the, to the workload that those GAs have. And again, you know, for, I guess I don't know if there's a lot of people that think this way, but you know, you know, your GA doesn't work hard. They, they do as much as I do. And that was before I started taking master's class. I, I, again, just appreciate the workload that they have. Um, they got to knock out two years. Yeah, it's quite a difficult. I mean, it, it, for me, it's going to take me a little bit longer because I left. And two, like I'm not a big school guy either, but it, I still got to do it. So I feel like yeah, those people that do do it in two years, like those are the guys you want <laughs> or the girls you want too. Yeah, so, no. Um, they, 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 bust, they bust their butts for sure. Yeah. And, uh, going, going back to what you said about not being a school guy, I, I'm right there with you. Um, what was amazing was – my first few classes were online and uh, I just took my first in-person class. I guess it was last spring, so spring of 2019. Well, I finished my undergrad in spring of 2009. So yeah, I, I was 10 years remo- removed from having sat in a classroom and I kind of looked around at one point. I'm like, well, am I sure I want to be doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, was difficult for me as well. When I was kind of, because mm-hmm. I transferred to USI, that's how I, where I finished my undergrad. Um, okay, I transferred there, so a lot of my transfer credits from the small private school did not transfer. So a lot of the stuff that like freshmen and stuff have to go take. Okay, right. this David has to go back and take that again. So he's 22, 23 <laughs> years old, going back and sitting in a class with 18 year olds and. I don't know if anybody else feels this way. I know it's only about a five-year gap, but by God, they felt like a whole different like generation of people. And it was oh, yeah, yeah. it was just tough to sit in there and pay attention when they're just doing whatever the hell. So yeah, no, and well, and kind of speaking to that point too about the generation. I mean, I I'm starting to see now with some GA hiring in the last few years. I've seen I I've kind of said to myself, man, I'm getting old because there. Things that I guess this generation expects as far as compensation or time off and things like that, that I really have to nip in the bud early. And I do this on our any phone interview I have with G- perfective GAs. I, I pretty much start out with, hey, you're going to be working a lot. And I mean, I tell them the nights, the weekends. I say, I know you've probably heard that before, but I'm, I'm not sugarcoating it by saying, like, you're not going to have nights or weekends. That's just not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to be upfront and honest. That's what I appreciate the most yeah. about people. So I'd like to transition part of the interview. I'd like to ask some fun questions, Dave. First one I have for you okay. is uh, your favorite memory in your professional tenure. You know, I don't know if, I, if anyone else would call this a favorite, but it was, I guess, just fitting. And it always sticks with me, um, especially since I had worked in minor league baseball and had to do this, that and everything. 
in minor league baseball. Um, my first basketball game, I worked at Midland. We had a like kiss the pig promotion going on. Okay. And this poor pig did not want to be touched, did not want people around him. And he made himself a mess on the at, right at half court. Good. And I think, and I think we're just like in a timeout at this point. It's not halftime. I mean, like this pig pooped everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And, and I'm, and I'm sitting there on the stats thing. I don't see anyone like moving to do anything. So I like just jump out of the seat, grab a towel, like off the bench and proceed to go wipe it off. And you know, just more quick. And I get back to Saturday and like, everyone's kind of looking at me like, why'd you do that? I'm like, well, I didn't notice anyone else going for it, and there was players starting to come back on the court, so I felt like I needed to do something. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, if it's not a glamour story and that's your favorite memory, what about on the other side of the coin? What's your uh, biggest horror story? Oh, man, horror stories. Uh, I mean, I always find myself having a panic attack of internet or something like that goes out, obviously. Um, I guess first year – that I was here, we, we've done it. We've hosted uh, softball regionals both years and, uh, and first year that we were, that we did it. Um, uh, it was our game and all of our internet went out at the press box. I mean, this is mid game. So live stats, uh, you know, our, our video stuff, all that stopped. And I'm you know sitting here trying to host my first NCAA regional in my life. And, you know, that was just obviously a huge panic moment. Um, uh, that that's kind of, I guess the first thing that pops to mind. Oh, well, yeah, we've had uh, a lot of people say a lot of things about the different events that they have had to host and the, uh, the stresses of, of firsthand. I can tell you about that. Yeah. So. Uh, well, and you know, you know what, now that you say that I, I have, a, I, I just thought of another one, the stress thing. Um, so at Midland, uh, we had hockey. Um, and thank the hockey arena was right backed up to the football soccer field. And, um, I was I would always in charge of putting music in the, the computer and you know this that and the other and uh, I happened to poke my head out at one of the intermissions at hockey and kind of just walk up to the fence at the football field and saw that the dance team was coming out and at that moment I realized I'd never downloaded the dance team music and I'm not kidding when I tell you I ran probably the fastest I ever ran in my life like maybe hopefully there was a scout uh-huh. at me but I. Sprinted across the field through the dance team, up the stairs, proceeded to fall on the stairs, and get into the press box of sweaty mess, and say, "Somebody stall! I got to get the music on here." So that, that was another one that I just just thought of. Awesome! Oh, that's well, not awesome. But I mean, we had the same. Uh... <laughs> well, and the worst part was, I don't think anyone like realized like what I was doing. They were all just thinking maybe I was being like a spaz, but. I was like, no, guys, like we didn't have like music like ready to go and they just would have been standing there awkwardly. Yeah. We uh oh god. Um it was a hockey game. I don't know if we were playing Midland or not because we were we were I was at the NAI level, so um Yeah. We clicked the national anthem and just over the intercom just heard boom, you know, that that dreadful oh, yeah. noise when uh something's not gonna work. Uh, did yeah. that a couple times, and guess who had to grab the microphone and sing the national anthem? Did you? Yeah, really? I, I literally no. It was horrible. I, I did not. <laughs> it was. It was never again. I will never do that. That's, an, 
That's amazing. I don't know that I would have had like the stones to say, I'm just going to eat this and insert. Oh yeah. I blacked out for like a minute and a half <laughs> just to get it going. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession. Um, you know, I guess kind of going through the leadership education program that I am here with my master's, um, it was always in the back of my mind, but I, I do think I would like to transition into an AD role at some point. Um, I don't know, I guess the avenue I would start doing that as, um, but I, I kind of, I try to sit down with my AD and explain that to him and, and just pick his brains about this, that, the other. Um, I've always kind of, since I started in minor league baseball, thought that doing, you know, kind of like corporate sales and partnership, um, kinda like one of those, you know, assistant AD jobs that you can kind of start in that role. Mm-hmm. Is, is a big AD thing as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've always, and I've liked so much that at the past few Cosida conventions, there have been those panels about how does an SID get into an AD role? Um, because that's certainly something now that I'm getting a little older and uh, certainly not old by any means, but uh, that I, that I've just been thinking about more and more lately. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what uh, in your mind traits or characteristics make a good SID? Um, being flexible for sure. Um, flexible, adaptable. Um, and then I guess just going back to kind of my journey is just having, having that passion and, and being willing to grind because even, you know, when you have the job, it's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's obviously all those days, nights, weekends. Um, so you just, you just gotta be passionate about what you do. You gotta embrace that grind, even though I say that, and there's days where I'm like, why am I doing this? Um, but, but certainly that flexibility and adaptability is, I, I would probably the most important thing for sure. You never know what you're going to get on a kind of a given day. Yeah. Uh, work-life balance. What did you do to have fun other than, uh, I know you go to Florida a lot. You've said that a few times, Uh, (laughs) uh, you just got back from a golfing trip. So what do you do to have fun? Yeah. Then that was great. Like I said, that was with some grade school, high school buddies. Um, I'm a big try to do. I love to travel. Um, that travel bug for my mom and uh with her in mind her and i actually just finished about two years ago uh going to all three 30 not three major league baseball stadiums cool. um so kind of a bucket list deal there mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I love to travel um I, i'm kind of big on when i have the time to just unplug and do absolutely nothing too i know that sounds like lazy but i do like to sit at home and just do nothing some days um, I like to golf, obviously, um, I need to be, uh, I'm, I'm somebody who goes streaky with working out and being like, you know, crazy active, I guess golf's like my most active thing, but, um, yeah, just, uh, I try, try not to get stuck doing the same thing for too long. Cause that's kind of when you, you feel like you, this is never going to end. Um, so again, I think the travel part for me is big, uh, with friends and family. Now, I have never been to Minnesota, so I don't know how this is going to go over. <laughs> okay. Next time someone is in Winona, uh, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? In Winona? Oh, uh, bar, probably Port 507. And uh, I like Wellington's as a restaurant that I like. It's weirdly attached to a bowling alley, but they, they have good food there. 
Yeah, you kind of have to take the good with the bad. So yeah, for for sure. <laughs> um, if anybody I, had I, any, I do, tend, I do tend to scoot to Rochester quite a bit, uh, which is about forty minutes from here. And there's probably like my favorite spot there is uh, it's called Forager Brewery. Obviously, as a as a brewery, but it has really good food too. That's that's something kind of that I'm into too. It's kind of a like craft beer scene. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's kind of my spot. Awesome. Um, if anybody wanted to have any questions for you, wanted to get in touch with you, uh, what would be the best way to do it? Yeah. Um. Obviously, my email. So it's my email is David uh, dot Albrecht at Winona Edu. But feel free to write Dave in there. I still kind of struggle with people on campus who. I've met me over and over and over again and send me emails. David. Um, and then uh, on Twitter, it's at Winona underscore S-I Dave. Creative wordplay. You got there. Yeah, pretty good, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Dave, we very much appreciate you coming on. Thanks again. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Thanks so much for thinking of me.